Welcome to Kids and Their Dog, a Scooby-Doo movie review and recap podcast. I'm your Hanna-Barbera talking animal, Cassidy, and my pronouns are she and they. I'm Lava, they, them. And we have two returning guests returning together this time. Please reintroduce yourselves as you would like to be reintroduced. All right, Tess, you ready to do this joke that we've had under our hats (laughs) for six years? (laughs) Let's do it. I'm Brendan. I'm Tess. And And we're your your fairy pod pod parents. Oh my gosh, that's a great one. Six years, huh? However long this, however long this has been in the works, uh, my pronouns are he, him. Uh, And mine are she, they as well. Obtuse, rubber goose, green Green moose, guava (laughs) juice. Giant snake birthday cake. Large fry Stella's ring. <laughs> we we are not a fairly odd parents podcast, we promise. <laughs> no, we're the other big piece of fairy media from the early two thousands. Which? The third one. <laughs> I was trying to oh, think of a fun. fun one too. I couldn't think of one. Neither could I. Disney fairies? No. Tinkerbell? No, she's an air fairy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's great to be back. Um, I should probably address the big Scooby news that was all over Twitter like last week at time of recording. It's old news by the time this comes out. Um... HBO Max is getting a Velma origin story show. Oh, right. That thing. Ah, uh, yes. Velmed. <laughs> that sounds that sounds nasty for some reason. Um, but so what was the name? What's the name? Where'd it go? Where'd the, where'd the name of the actress go? Oh, no. Ah, Mindy Kaling. Mm. It'll be Velma. I kind of wish they'd gotten Mindy Kahn back or kept her her current voice actress, whose name I can't quite remember, Kate Mikuchi. Mm. But I guess I can understand why they're going with a different celebrity voice. Because I think she's the one who's also creating this series, isn't she? I don't know much about it. And I am not... I just closed the tab that had the information. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, but yeah, there's that. And then there was the uh, the new movie that's coming out by the time this is out. Um, I don't know where all of my energy went. Uh, we sucked it out like a sponge. Maybe this Maybe. time we can start low and then get more energetic by the end of the movie. Oh, we definitely will. This this movie's got some energy in it that I can <laughs> absorb from my notes. It's quite a good movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. This, this movie went in a direction that I was not expecting. Like I knew, <laughs> I knew there were red herrings in it, but I wasn't expecting that those kind of red herrings. Mm-hmm. Before we get into the movie, though, we do have questions. We got some questions that we got from tanner a friend of the show tanner shout outs to tanner <laughs> out at sparky upstart <laughs> on twitter uh who sent these in last month but just missed the deadline 
Um, so they're just resubmitting them for this month. If they did a Muppets version of Scooby-Doo, who's a human and who's a Muppet? No, Scooby is a dog. I mean, I feel like everyone should be a Muppet. Except for, like, the villains. The villains should be people. Tim Curry. I would, Shaggy. I would almost do it the other way and have everyone except for the gang be Muppets. Oh, that would be fun. I would. I feel like Shaggy has to be a Muppet. Just because of his animation doesn't really lend itself to being a human. As seen in this episode, this episode, as seen in this movie, <laughs> when he becomes a freaking boat propeller. <laughs> yeah, Shaggy is the most prone to Hanna-Barbera cartoon logic, so I guess it would make sense for him to be a Muppet. I'd honestly say Fred is the one that's the least prone to that, so... There is that Scooby-Doo and the Mystery Treasure Map. Don't we're not. Movie. Don't bring it up. No one's allowed to bring that up on this podcast. <laughs> okay. It's okay. um. It's for secret reasons. Ooh. Okay. Listen, we're running out of runway. All right. No, I feel that. So, uh, who's everyone's favorite Muppet? Because that's that's Tanner's next question. Gonzo. Oh yeah. Gonzo's so good. I watched Muppet Treasure Island a whole lot as a kid, and it's Gonzo. I watched Muppet Christmas Carol a lot as a, as a kid, and Gonzo is great in that. Yeah, I only saw that for the first time last year. Nice. It's a very good movie, too. Uh, my, my favorite Muppet of recent is uh, Joe the Legal Weasel. He <laughs> was one of the newest Muppets. He's very good. I have a fun um, fact about me and the Muppets is I didn't realize for most of my life that the Muppets was an actual TV show. Like, I didn't realize that. I thought it was one of those fake TV shows. Um, okay. If we're going with... Okay. Brenda got mad at me last night for this. <laughs> mm-hmm. My personal favorite Muppet, like, character is Prairie Dawn from Sesame Street. But if that doesn't Muppet enough for you, it's Pepe the King Prawn. (laughs) Pepe is great. But I will say Sesame Street Muppets count. Mm -hmm. Because they are Muppets. Thank you. I'll take the L on this. I was like, Sesame Street doesn't count. They said Muppets. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's the same, like, company yeah. that made it's it. It's all Jim Henson. It's yeah. the Jim Henson puppet, therefore it's a Muppet. Yeah. That's just how it works. And you know what? Just to bounce off of it, my favorite Sesame Street Muppet is Snuffleupagus. Yeah. I like Fraggles. I like Fraggles as a concept. I don't have, like, a particular Fraggle that's my favorite. The species of Fraggles as a whole. Yeah. They're small. <laughs> They're like borrowers, but more educational. <laughs> I like Burton and Ernie. I have a visceral memory of being about five and obsessed with the Rubber Ducky song. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, here's a here's my favorite question uh, that Tanner has asked us. If you had unlimited creative control over a live-action Scooby-Doo movie, except you had to cast Nicolas Cage as a pre-existing Scooby-Doo character, who would he play? Scooby. 
my brain just dropped Captain Cutler out of nowhere. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like your best bet is to make Nicolas Cage, if not the main like villain, like a red herring character. Um, but I do just love the idea of Nicolas Cage being like some unrelated third. Like Nicolas Cage owns the theme park that is being haunted. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> so you know you gotta know what my first thought was, and it's ridiculous and it doesn't fit, but it makes me laugh. Uh huh. Puppy power. <laughs> oh! See, I went down a similar road where I thought, okay, what if you just remake the the 2002 Scooby Doo movie, but replace Mr. Bean with M- Nicolas Cage? <laughs> Yeah, that works. Nicholas Cage is that a human a body suit for <laughs> Scrappy Doo. Yes. <laughs> oh gosh. No, I definitely think I would do. I would want to do like a fun twist, like they did in uh, Alien Invaders, where it's like uh, <laughs> Nicholas Cage is like a third party character that's helping them out, and at the end, he's revealed to be an alien. <laughs> he's. He's the third party character and then revealed at the end to be Nicolas Cage. Just Nicolas Cage. Yeah, yeah new Scooby Doo movie style. Just Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Nicolas Cage is shadowing whoever's playing Fred so that way he can play Fred in the Scooby Doo live action movie. <laughs> These are all options. Yeah. I feel like you can get a lot out of this idea. Oh, yeah. Nicolas Cage is a very versatile character. Yeah. <laughs> I say character and not person. <laughs> Only a character can steal the Declaration of Independence. It's true. Not the bees. Um, Last question here from Tanner is, which member of Mystery Inc. is not allowed to say poggers? It's Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo is physically incapable of saying poggers. (laughs) I would say Scrappy, but no, Scrappy's absolutely the type to say it. It's not that he's not, he is not allowed, but it's not stopping him from saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Scrappy-Doo curses. Um, we had a... Oh, God. Tess had a little bit of a mental breakdown last night because she couldn't figure out what poggers meant, and I I couldn't explain it. How do you explain it? It's... Like, okay. When you say something is poggers, you're basically saying something is, like, radical or sick. The... the... The definition I came across on the internet was it's like an interjection that that shows excitement or surprise at something. Yes, you have no. That's that was more of like a pog. You, you would say pog and, in that case. You would. And Brendan's trying to explanation was it's the reaction. It's the it's the it's the it's the face that you make when you say it. And I'm like, what the. F- what does that mean? That's the that's what the emoji looks like. That's what like, you describe the physical look of a pog. If, you, if someone like, is pogging, that is what they're doing. The emotion of pog champ is when you go ooh at something. See, yeah. Sometimes okay. it's not quite right. Do you know how um, Twitch has been cycling out pog uh, pog champ emotes mm-hmm. yes. for very good reasons? Mm-hmm. Yes, and sometimes they it doesn't quite hit the mark. I've noticed. It, uh, the it, most recent Pog Champ is a lizard, by the way. Oh, nice. Wait, is it Pepe or? No, it's like a like a like a Komodo dragon with its mouth all big. Wait. Oh, nice. So the equivalent of uh, this emoji. I wish I had Discord Nitro so I could show you the cat ah! the Frog Champ <laughs> that we have going on in the server. 
I'm still not 100% sure what poggers means, but I'm also Some- 27 and... <laughs> Listen, sometimes as you as you age, it's like you kind of kind of get it. You understand where it's coming from, but you don't quite get it. So you're like, you just accept it. That's where I am <laughs> with um, certain ones that I'm just kind of like, okay, I think I understand it based off context. I'm never going to use it. But I'll understand it, hopefully. I, I need to go into work next time and just go up to one of my younger co-workers and be like, Jessica, what does poggers mean? Sometimes you just, like, see someone get a cool kill in Fortnite and you go, that's so poggers. <laughs> you get it? <laughs> sure. Um, I'm gonna say yes so we can get off this topic. <laughs> just one more, because I think you'll appreciate this. Uh, our common writer tabletop has a side character who's built entirely on being like extremely online Mm -hmm. and we had to use his own language to communicate with him because he wasn't (laughs) getting the severity of the situation and i believe the exact phrase was tyler that's not very pop champ of you (laughs) yeah see that's accurate that's how you use that word (laughs) yes don't worry stewardess i speak jive (laughs) <laughs> I'm imagining now Daphne Blake just looking at Scooby and saying Don't worry Scooby, you're my little pog champ Oh no <laughs> Oh don't worry stewardess I speak Zoomer That's very good uh, Anyways yeah. we got some other questions Um I'm going to go ahead and address this now. Hey, Crest, at Fantasy Crest on Twitter. We are seeing your, we see your question. I am not answering this question. I don't want to talk about Dungeons and Dragons anymore. That's fair. I don't know enough about it to give a constant answer anyway. Um, I, I liked the, uh, we got one a while back that was like, uh, the Hyrule, like the characters from Breath of the Wild, and that was fun. But I just, I I have stopped giving any amount of effort into thinking about or caring about Dungeons and Dragons as a property. See, I almost flew into the, but we do appreciate your question, but I'm like, wait, no, this isn't my podcast. (laughs) We do appreciate the question. Yeah. Thank you for sending in questions all the time. It's nice to have them. I'm just obsessed with the world of darkness lately, so... Oh, I, I did have a replacement question, though. Oh, okay. Uh, this is a question that I've come up with, that I have devised, um, that is along the same lines, but is instead, what kind of cryptid would each of the, the gang be? Like, let's say they had to, they ended up in a, a ghoul school scenario, <laughs> um, but they're all cryptids. Uh, Velma is a flatwoods monster. Scrappy is a goblin. Yeah, he's he's Scrappy's a Hopkinsville goblin. Uh, <laughs> uh, Shaggy is a Fresno Nightwalker. <laughs> Very much. Um, is Daphne a Mothman? Daphne could Banshee. be a Mothman. Or is the Banshee not technically a cryptid? Daphne Mothman, attorney at law. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, I did want to talk about Banshees, because Banshees do come up in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, they do. I learned... That banshees are more of just like a, a grim reaper equivalent. They they don't actively they're not supposed to actively hurt people. They just sort of show up when people are going to die. Yeah, they're fairies, actually. Funnily enough, I mean, that, 
That's what I do. I show up and people just die. Oh, no. Everything I touch dies. Um, Fred. I wonder how our podcast has gone so long. Fred is a Sam Squanch. Yeah, Fred's definitely traditional Sasquatch energy. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't and, photograph well. <laughs> and uh, Scooby, True. Scooby's one of those cemetery dogs. Ooh, a Grim. I was yeah. also thinking maybe a gargoyle. Ooh. Ooh. That could be fun. I just tried to qu- quote Ghostbusters, but I can't remember any quotes. <laughs> you know. I have crossed the stream, so that does not count for this. Uh, tell them about the Twinkie. <laughs> Um, all right. Get her, Ray. (laughs) Get her? That was your plan? Get her? (laughs) That's such a good movie. Brendan, I know what we're watching next time we hang out. Ghostbusters 84? Sure. All right, our last set of questions here come in from my fiancé, Charlie, at magical underscore pride. Um, The first question, what is your favorite magic trick? My brain supplied sweeping the lake, but that's not a magic trick. Um, <laughs> the chair! Use the chair! <laughs> okay, so you know those uh, standing magic cabinets where, like, the, the assistant gets inside and then they, like, move her around on a bunch of cubes? Mm-hmm. It's that. Because I still have no idea how those physically work. Uh, catching the bullet's always fun. When it works. I like, um, I like the ones that are, like, all physics-y. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example one, but I can't. I just looked up magic tricks because, um, I don't really think about magic tricks that much. And one of the first ones that came up was for kids. And I'm like, oh my god, I forgot about this. It's the rubber pencil. Mm-hmm. Oh, where you yeah, wiggle a pencil in a certain way and it looks like it's wobbling like oh, wobbly, yeah. like the wood itself is wobbling not just the fact that you're moving it and I remember doing that well, I'm doing I also, it right now to a pen I have <laughs> I also like the ones where you uh, you move something from one hand to the other but it's like you don't smack your hands together or any other obvious way to do it like, I have three goldfish in this hand, and now they will all move to this hand. And then you just, like, shake your hands, and then there's a goldfish in the other hand. Right. And there's only the two. The goldfish cracker, not an actual goldfish. You of can course. do it with a real goldfish. Uh, be a little bit more, um... Please... Messy. Please don't do it to a real goldfish, but you could. <laughs> uh, I just remembered another one that, uh... I remember from being a child along the lines of the rubber pencil. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever done the thing where you have someone uh, basically clasp their hands together except for their index fingers and have them sort of spread apart? Uh, and then what you do is you act like you're holding a piece of string and like you are wrapping it around the fingers and they will sort of just uh, drift towards each other because that's just how your body naturally does it. And I feel like I remember this. Bodies are weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's a good one. I feel like we kind of um 
uh, slid <laughs> right into the very next question that Charlie yes. sent, which is, did you try to learn magic tricks as a kid, and how well did you do if yes? We kind of uh, answered that already a little bit. I did. I did try to learn card tricks also. I did too, and they didn't go well. <laughs> uh, I could, like, sort of do it, but I didn't feel confident enough to get away with it. Like, you'd have to, I'd have to do a very good job of distracting someone. Yeah. While I performed the card trick. Look over there! I did it! <laughs> um, I'm really good at the making your thumb look like it's pulling apart. Ooh. Mm. That's like, a hard one. <laughs> it's a hard one to do well. Like, I'm being legitimate. I don't know why I'm good at it, but... And I don't know how magic trick that is. It's a classic of magic trick. I mean... That's the magic trick you bust out when you're not a magician. Consider the fact that rubber pencil was one of the first things that came up. Oh, that, I'm sorry, that, that freaking family guy... Da, na, 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 na. With Jesus. <laughs> that family guy gag. I'm not familiar. Mm-mm. Ah. Though that does remind me that ring tricks are also cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also wanted to buy um, one of those trick magic canes. Um, the ones that, like, ex- like extendable ones that uh, when you collapse them down, they're just like a little uh, a handkerchief with a little piece of metal attached. Peanut cans? No, not even. Like, it's like, it's like the size of a coin almost, just a bit thicker. Um, mm. And it'd have like a, a pocket kerchief tied to it. And you'd, like, turn off the safety and hold it. <laughs> and, like, sort of, like, wave the the piece of fabric around. And then you'd toss it up in the air. And then it would spring out and become a cane. Those are cool. I almost got one. <laughs> I thought about it a lot. It'd just be a funny thing to have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks for just letting, <laughs> for just letting, for letting me say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I've seen those before. Yeah. Uh, Alright, and Charlie's last question is, who in the gang is really into baseball and who, and if you want, who is their team? Um, the I... only one that I think is actually into baseball is Daphne. My, my brain just says Daphne's into it. I can't help with this question. I don't yeah. know what this is. Baseball is a fictional made-up sport on the internet. That's all um, I know about it. Yeah, that's same. I know it happened when, um, like, in the summer. It's still going. Basically, there's these fictional teams, and there's a new season every week, and you're just betting on games like it's fantasy baseball or whatever. Oh. Only you're not doing the fantasy baseball thing of assembling a team out of uh, players. You're just betting on teams. So it's fantasy Um, fantasy baseball. Yes. All of the teams are made up, as well as all of the players. Uh, You got teams... I don't know if any of these are still, because I know there's been, like, stuff of, like, oh, this team got sent into the Hell Dimension, so now they're different now. Mm. And stuff like that. <laughs> oh. Um, there was, like, a boss fight that happened at the end of one season, where uh, one of the teams had to fight the Peanut God. who had been turning <laughs> um, all of the players into Peanuts. Okay, so now that you're explaining this more, I think Velma would be into this just to try and figure out what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm put any kind of logic into this well like there so is there none is, but there she's are stats. find it she would know she would learn about like all of the people who've like hacked into it to find out what the stats that exist are and stuff like that 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think she cares too much about the fiction that it's providing, which is like the main draw of it. Absolutely not. She's not in it for the lore. <laughs> She's not in it to learn about Jalen Hot Dog Fingers, who got resurrected and now just incinerates people on the playing field. Sometimes I like to get into the sport. I'm realizing as you're speaking, Cass, that it sounds so much like you trying to explain WWE to me. <laughs> it's the same it's okay you want me to explain it even faster real quick <laughs> yeah sure someone recreated homestuck what <laughs> there oh my I god it. <laughs> it's just homestuck again it's not the same story it's not the same style but it, the cold following that is created is just <laughs> homestuck again congratulations every once in a while someone recreates homestuck again yeah only it, it it's just okay only there's not an archive that you can go back to read so it's it's just as hard to get into as like wrestling used to be before everything was archived mm. brendan i just had a visceral reaction to the word home stuck did you it doesn't affect me anymore <laughs> <laughs> we had a whole conversation trying to figure out um what the gang would be in regards to class picks Oh, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any of the details anymore, because it was literally a year ago. We, I think we said either, like, Shaggy or Scooby was the Void, but that's the only thing I remember. Yeah. I don't remember. I just found out that there's a Lego Coliseum that exists, and I want it, but it's $550, and I have no word. <laughs> For some reason, I thought you were going to say the word Homestuck in that sentence. <laughs> there's a Homestuck Lego Coliseum where they all fight to the death. Uh, homestuck, Again, baby. Uh, homestuck Lego. Wow, that um, that Coliseum looks amazing. Doesn't it? Now I got to Google Lego Coliseum. Oh, I have it. I, I just shared it in another. I just shared it in another server, and I was like, guys, why, why did nobody tell me about this? That's cool. I, for some reason, I didn't think of the real life Coliseum. Um. My brain was like, oh, it's like a battle arena for all of your favorite Legos. <laughs> I'm going to make the, um, God, what was the name of that Lego set that I was talking about two weeks ago? Hold on. The, uh, the Exo Force Legos. I'd make those fight in a Lego Coliseum for <laughs> sure. I miss Bionicle. I miss Bionicle a lot. I never really got into the, the building block kind of things. It's fun for me to build them, but then as soon as I'm done, I'm like, okay, what do I do with them now? Yeah, it's it's a decoration thing. Especially the one thing that I want right now, and Lego is not cooperating, is the bonsai tree. The bonsai yep, tree covered in Can't dogs. find that anywhere. I want it. So bad. I watched a review, and apparently um, the ability to change the leaves is actually super easy. So I'm like, yes, I can change them for the seasons. But they have to become no longer out of stock, which they have not yet done, even though it is the day before Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. I also recommend the City Skyline sets. They are small and they're um, they're not uh, intrusive. I have the Tokyo one. Ooh. And there's a Dubai, there's a New York City there used to be a Chicago, but I don't think they make it anymore. Man, this recording is going like a pre-pod recording. 
All right, let's get into the movie. Yeah, we probably should. Oh, God. I just looked at the, the time and I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oops. And most of it isn't going to get you, cut. Thank you, Charlie. Yeah, most of it's questions, at least. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so this month we have watched Scooby-Doo, Abracadabra-Doo. That's it. No, it's Abracadabra-Doo. I don't know. I think the first one was right. How come there hasn't been a Flintstones Scooby-Doo crossover yet? Because Flintstones was too busy crossing over with the WWE. <laughs> See, I was... I heard Abba Cadabra-Doo. Mm. And I'm like... Oh, Mamma Mia. <laughs> they should they should try to make another Scooby Doo musical. I'm I want another one. Give it give me another one. Please. How many chase sequences a can Scooby-Doo you set musical? to uh, an ABBA song? Probably all of them. Um, it depends on how you could probably get away with doing one that doesn't sound like a chase song by having it be diegetic of someone turning on a radio while they're running. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, my brain goes to Waterloo as a chase song. Hmm. It's high energy enough. I don't think I know enough ABBA songs to answer this question. <laughs> Sorry. Or does let's, your mother know that you're out? Let's continue. Otherwise, we're going to reach an hour. Anyways, this, uh, we, this movie... We have said the title of the movie. <laughs> this movie was released digitally on February 16th, 2010. Um, so we're almost on the anniversary of it. Nice. Mm. Uh, and was really was shown on TV on July 10th, 2010. Uh, this is also the first Scooby-Doo animated movie to feature Matthew Lillard as Shaggy Rogers. I also found out that it's the first one to uh, go back to the 69 designs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to nice. uh, bring that up in a bit. Oh, sorry. It's all good. <laughs> um, this movie was directed by Spike Brandt and Tony Cervone, produced by Spike Brandt and Tony Cervone, and screenplay was written, or screenplay was done, by Alan Burnett, Misty Lee, and Paul Dini. And I'm pretty sure Paul Dini was the name of that guy in Stage Fright. <laughs> oh my god, it's Paul Dini again? This man is obsessed with magicians. <laughs> I don't know if he worked on that movie last time. I just think there was a character in Stage Fright that was a magician called Paul Dini. <laughs> I could, yeah, he's, maybe I'm wrong. You know who Paul Dini is? No. Um, this is only stuck in my brain because I re-listen to the Gem Jam regularly. Uh, but Paul Dini is, I believe, the guy who is responsible for creating Zatanna? Mm. Okay. I am on the Scooby-Doo wiki. Uh, his name is the great, the great Paul Dini. Oh my That's gosh. Right. Uh, let me get in this. Scooby-Doo stage fright. His name could be a reference to Paul Dini, who was married to real-life magician Misty Lee. Hmm. Oh, okay, that would explain why both Misty Lee and Paul Dini are on the screen playlist here. Okay, so no, he is not responsible for Zatanna, he just really likes her. But, uh, he wrote the magician episode of Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> Fascinating oh to learn that two, two magician-related people worked on the screenplay for this movie. <laughs> considering just how much magicianing happens in it. There's a whole lot of magician. I was going to say not a, not as much as you'd think. Sheer <laughs> kazing! Um, <laughs> Alright, oh, uh, featuring the voice acting talents 
uh, Frank Welker as Fred Jones in Scooby-Doo, Matthew Lillard as Shaggy Rogers, Great Delisle Griffin as Daphne Blake, Mindy Cohn as Velma Dinkley, Danica McKellar as Madeline Dinkley, James Patrick Stewart as Whirlin Merlin, <laughs> Brian Posen as Marlon Merlin, uh, which Wikipedia has mistakenly called him Marlon Whirlin, uh, which is not how names work. <laughs> but I love it. Uh, Diane Delano as Alma Rumblebuns. <laughs> Jeffrey Tambor as Calvin Curtles. Crystal Scales as Crystal. John DiMaggio as Amos. Dave Attell as the GPS. <laughs> Olivia Hack as Trina. D. Bradley Baker as Sherman. Malik Berger as uh, Maxwell's mother. I really hope that's not supposed to be pronounced Malik Berger. Because um, maybe it is. Uh, and John Stevenson as Sheriff. Uh, and after having watched this movie, I don't remember there being a sheriff in it. The it, It's in the first, like, five minutes after the uh, oh, intro right. chase. The, the in-media res happens. My brain just, because I, I watch these movies in two parts the, lately. Like, I'll, I'll watch the first half and then watch the second half later. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I've started doing that, but it just sort of happens that way now. Um, so I had completely forgotten about that part. <laughs> oh, uh, also, the reason that Dave Attell's voice was so familiar as the uh, the GPS is he's a stand-up comedian who was probably popular at the time. Oh. I didn't find his voice familiar, and also I hated that GPS. Yeah, same. <laughs> it, it was not a good joke. Yeah. Um, that GPS sounds like it's going to uh, say a transphobic joke and then tell me <laughs> it's just comedy. Yeah. You're not wrong. Uh. Oh, uh, Madeline's voice actress was Judy Jetson in the Jetsons in WWE. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. She, She's good. I liked this. The WWE has always existed, past, present, and future. Well, okay, so how it works in the Jetsons WWE, sorry, we'll get into my my trivia that I have here in a second, uh, is that Big Show gets frozen because he refuses to stay, like, not travel during the blizzard to get to their next location for whatever reason. Um, But anyway, so he ends up being frozen in a block of ice, and then in the future, WWE still exists, but now it's all robots wrestling. Um, uh, but the Jetsons, by way of having to excavate something or some or another for a new building for Sprocket, uh, find the frozen big show and thaw him. And then he, uh, steals Elroy Jetsons time travel technology to go back in time. <laughs> or sorry, no, he does that later. Basically, he takes over uh, the robots and starts uh, a weird robot uprising involving wrestling. It's like a whole thing. Oh. Anyways. Um, Yeah, so as Brendan mentioned, according to Wikipedia, the animation style has been changed, blending both their original Iwao Takamoto designs, including the flesh-colored eye whites, uh, and the early direct-to-video films with a darker three-dimensional shading. Although, on the cover art, they are drawn in their What's New Scooby-Doo style. For hmm. some reason, the um, the skin-colored eye whites was a little weirder to me on Crystal than it has ever been on Daphne, and I can't 
place why. It just looked off. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, I guess it should always look off because people have whites in their eyes. Yeah. I think it's because Crystal's a new character design and 69 Daphne, you're just used to that being the case. <laughs> so your brain doesn't register it as odd, but then you see a new person with that and it goes, wait a minute. Um, my other piece of trivia is that someone on IMDb was pissed and went into the trivia section and said, uh, when the gang hear about the Banshee, the groundskeeper should have had his facts straight. Yes, a Banshee wails nearby when someone is about to die. There are a- Irish families who are believed to have Banshees attached to them and whose cries herald the death of a member of that family. No, a Banshee does not kill with a high-pitched scream. That's rubbish. It's an Irish counterpart to the Grim Reaper, nothing more. <laughs> Nerd. Like, I can understand wanting to, like, correct that in the trivia, but it's, like, very personal, it sounds. <laughs> yeah, somebody got heated. My family's banshee is pissed at you. Heated banshee moments. You you apologize to Moira. Alright, uh, so that's all of the intro stuff I have to do for this movie before we talk about the movie. Uh, and we've only been recording for 50 minutes. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we open on a moonlit forest. There's an owl. We see a guy named Sherman and some girl, I'm assuming named Trina, walking in the woods looking for the owl because the girl likes birds. And they flirt for a little bit and then the monster sneaks up on them and it scares them away. And we never see them again. (laughs) Peace out, Sherman. Mm -mm. (laughs) Um, We're here for exposition and exposition only. Yeah. So we get the intro, it's that, you know, that stylized version that I like, uh, the one that was in Camp Scare and stuff like that. Uh, it was cute! Yeah. Uh, there is, I did tweet a screenshot from this on my personal Twitter. Uh, <laughs> hey! That was literally only on the screen for like three seconds, but I saw it and I was like, I need to screen cap this because that is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they knew it was terrifying, so they had to cut away quickly compared to every other <laughs> cut of this. But they had to include it because they had to include Velma, I guess. <laughs> it's it's good. Anyways, it's themed around a chase sequence, and there's like a slime monster in a spacesuit. Uh, and the, the intro sort of ties into uh, this next scene where they come out of the intro and the gang is unmasking the monster from the chase sequence. Did you notice that this is the Carlos Chemical Company? I did not. Just, just a fun little, fun little uh, wink. Horror nod. Uh, do we want to do? Do we want to unmask this person? That's it. Or should I just nah. say who it was? I didn't even bother writing uh, down the name. All right, it's Miss Thelma, the company accountant. Oh my god! Oh who no! Uh, Velma gets a call from her mom and she has to not do the the exposition and hands it over to Fred who does the exposition (laughs) I thought that was kind of fun it was very good Um, Velma's mom wants her to check in on her sister Madeline uh, who seems to have some sort of history with Shaggy you know I I watched it and I was like oh there must be some tie in to a TV show is that not the case no. Oh. 
This Madeline's the, a wholly original character. As far as I know, this is the first and only appearance of Madeline Dinkley, which is a shame because I do like Madeline Dinkley. I like her design a she's lot. She's really cute. She's got a fun design. Her like she's like very clearly related to Velma, but like her own not person. the same character. Yeah. And I will say, for all that I don't really like romance just being randomly inserted into stories, this actually turned out kind of cute. It's very cute. It's very tame. I like it a lot. And subtle. And I can appreciate that. It feels entirely like a younger sibling having a crush on your best friend. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Madeline's going to a school for stage magicians, which is being threatened by a griffin. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it so happens. We just sort of cut to them driving there. The GPS talks. I don't like it. It never actually amounts to anything. It's just there for being there. Mm-hmm. I did, like, the take only- a U-turn at the sky. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that I found funny happens much later in the at the movie from this. Uh, the name of the school is Whirlin Merlin's, which is pretty good. Because that's just the guy's <laughs> name. <laughs> well... Uh, I was so confused the entire movie until the end where it's like, oh wait, no, his name is actively Whirlin Merlin and his brother Marlin Merlin. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, of note is that this magician school is an old castle that was transported to America brick by brick. Yes. As you do. It's the O Flannery Castle, which was transferred by to America by its owner, who also practiced dark magic. And was also entombed. Yeah, Seamus O'Flannery's tomb is in the middle of the lake. Uh, and then the GPS is like... That's how I want to go. Yeah, I mean, honestly, of all the places to be entombed, it's not a bad. Nicholas Cage should have put his pyramid in the middle of a lake. <laughs> Anyways, the GPS is like, hey, go off-road for a bit. So they go off-road for a bit, and then they get there. <laughs> That's it. Uh, the groundskeeper is like, oh, I see these new kids and I'm just going to give them evil eyes because I'm a groundskeeper and that's what groundskeepers do. Hello, obvious suspect. How are you today? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Madeline meets them outside. She's got a fun design. Um, she says hi to everyone and gets nervous around Shaggy. Uh, and... Then, in a puff of smoke, we get the reveal of Whirlin Merlin, maestro of the Academy. And he's like, also, this is my former assistant, Crystal, and she can summon woodland creatures. (laughs) Come, my animal friends! (laughs) And also a lion. I really love Crystal's design. Yeah, I wish she got to do more. Yeah! She... I wish she got to be more than just the thing that Fred likes. Yeah, she's got she's got great hair. I wish a lot a lot of these characters don't get a lot of screen time on account of there being a decent number of them. Yeah, Th- this cast does suffer from a bit of bloating, but like they all do, they're all like decently fleshed out. I think the problem is that you have this number of characters and the uh, the hour and fifteen minute time limit of being a Scooby Doo direct to DVD movie. I will say though that Crystal see I think Crystal suffers the most from a lack because like yeah everyone else is a red herring I'm just gonna say yeah. it right up 
Every one of them or, is a red herring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, if even if they're not, they do like get a bit of a backstory, with the exception of Amos. Amos doesn't really give any. Of oh yeah, Amos is yeah. He's just kind of there to be a. Red he's hair. creepy. That's his backstory. Yeah. Um, but um, poor Crystal. But like everybody is just else there. has a story that at least gets exposited at us, um, which Crystal doesn't get any of. Yeah. Um, Marlon shows up and takes their luggage, and then they head inside. Um, Alakazam. All, all of the students are just currently in their rooms, so we don't have to see them. So they don't have to draw them. <laughs> uh, Alma shows up, and she's grumpy and doesn't like Scooby for reasons. Because dog? Where? Uh, groundskeeper <laughs> continues to menace from outside. And then we cut to a commercial being shot for ice cream that tastes like healthy food. Oh, God. Healthy food in quotes. Uh, there's a scoop okay. of buttered uh, Brussels sprout ice cream. Okay, so like, in a okay, why did they start shooting the commercial without the fourth one? And why did they have the lyrics ready for three out of the four of them? Like these, uh, this ice cream commercial is weird. Yeah, it was very unexpected. It kind of came uh, out it, of nowhere. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of the Fudgeroni that showed up at the very, very end of Stage Fright, but definitely should have gotten a commercial like this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the director of the commercial is Mr. Curdles, because apparently he's the owner of the company. With a name like Curdles, it has to be gross. The Cone <laughs> King. Yes, the Cone King. Uh, he gets a call from Amos letting him know that more people showed up at the school. And the, the griffin has been showing up nightly, apparently. Uh, back at the school, Madeline is showing them around and is telling them about how Flannery allegedly had a griffin to defend it. And there's this big tower that no one's allowed into because it's being restored, but that tower is called the Griffin's Roost. I'm sure that'll be important. I wonder what this movie's about. <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff about Marilyn's career, and then apparently... Madeline's like been hopping from school to school trying to find what interests her. Apparently last time was clown college. Hmm. Um, I, I can only imagine she stopped because she realized that clowns are terrifying. <laughs> I figured she... Oh wait, no, I'm afraid of these. Yeah, I mean that's a better reason than the reason I had in mind, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have the impression that she might just kind of lose interest in um, magic as well. Because I, I know uh, that feeling of kind of bouncing between subjects. Yeah. It's, it would be a fun character to have show up in a bunch of movies and each time have her be at a different place. Yeah, just have a different like, um, profession thing going on. That'd be really funny. Yeah. Jack of all trades. I'm a firefighter now. I'm a vet. Oh man, it would be really cool because if like Something that she had gained a skill in came back, but we'd never seen it. So just like uh, being a vet, I guess, in a storyline that has nothing to do with pets or anything. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that could be <laughs> or... a really fun like way to just have different ideas in there. What if Mads was in Moon Monster Madness and got them on the moon? <laughs> I was just thinking, uh, Scooby-Doo in Madeline Dinkley gets her commercial driver's license. 
Scooby Doo and the Long Haul Horror. Oh God! Yeah, cross country Scooby Doo movie. Hit me with it. Those long haul truckers have stories, man. Um, but yeah, currently she settled on magic. She loves to figure out how the tricks work. Um, Merlin shows up announcing that it's dinner time, and Marlin is also the chef and has prepared a feast for them. Go, Marlin! Yeah, good job. Uh, there, <laughs> there's a long table for them to all be seated at, and a lot of students and teachers have just not, just completely left the school due to the griffin, which no one has ever seen it, of course says Crystal, clearly trying to convince herself. Uh, Mads continues to have a crush on Shaggy. Everyone gets their favorite meal, uh, which is wild that Marlin managed to do that. We have a short survey for you to fill out before you enter our school, alright? And thank you. Why is there my favorite meal? Don't ignore it. It's fine. It's magic. Um, (laughs) Shaggy, Shaggy's favorite meal is an extra cheesy pizza with a side of pickles. Which is surprisingly tame. Honestly, yeah, that's not the most horrible thing he's ever eaten. It pu- at least put I some mean, peanut butter on it, Shaggy. I mean, sometimes it's the simple things that can just be your favorite. It doesn't necessarily yeah. mean everything that he would eat. Just like something that mm-hmm. he really wants. Maybe it's I something that his, that's his favorite at the time. That's true. Maybe it's just whatever he was craving. Yeah. What would be under your cloche? Like, what would your favorite dinner be that they magically have? Um, a chorizo burger, probably. Ooh. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, mine would be a gyro and fries. Mm-hmm. I think mine would be an enchilada. Oh god, what's my favorite food? <laughs> Is your favorite food uh, Scooby Snacks with whipped cream and cherry sauce? You got me! <laughs> and then I eat it and look like Santa Claus. The th- that looked like it was going to be like a black forest cake person like dogs can't eat chocolate yeah. <laughs> that hasn't stopped Scooby before yeah um, Fred gets spaghetti or something like that but that's the only other one we see which is a shame mm-hmm. at least of the gang we see that Marlin has like a steak um, we see something in the window being all spooky and the moment drags on for a very long time mm-hmm it's just like a very large silhouette of a bird head just passing by the window. Yeah, and some very intense music, and it's just the groundskeeper with a pitchfork for some reason. And, and the smash dinging, the flash bringing, the, the crash winging, the slash slinging slasher! It's a devil of a night out there. The kind that invites ghosts and goblins, and also super ghosts and goblins. <laughs> I thought this was a very good tension building moment. It it read very Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I can see that. So Madeline just drags Shaggy away from dinner to go show him something, and Scooby also gets pulled along. Uh, so they're walking around outside, and Madeline's like, "Hey, yeah. So this is um this is something else that was also brought over with the castle two centuries ago. Uh, and it's like a temple looking thing. It's got like a moon dial." And Madeline twists it and it activates some walls and reveals a carving of Seamus O'Flannery wielding a staff and controlling the griffin. And then she turns into a cat. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, Madeline's like, yeah, I only said that the griffin was a myth before because I didn't want to frighten the others, unlike Shaggy, who was very brave. And Scooby even looks at her like, "Who? where, where did you? Who told you that? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, he's brave. He's afraid, yeah, but it, he's still with his it, friends. What I like about this movie is it, it's like uh, Shaggy isn't necessarily too scared to participate. He's just reluctant to participate <laughs> um, due to fear, which is different. Um, so the runes at the bottom of the carving just sort of say, Winged Protector, arise and guard this castle. And then the griffin shows up. And Scooby accidentally bumps a button that opens up a door revealing a secret exit, and then they get chased down the mountain. Uh, for the record, folks at home, the, the griffin is like Clifford the Big Red Dog sized, if I had to give it a size. <laughs> Yeah. It's bigger than your standard griffin. I would say the size of a one-story house. Yeah, this is a big bird. Another good Muppet. <laughs> uh, so the rest of the gang is inside, and they're doing friendly snark at each other, and then they hear the other three yelling as they get chased towards the castle, and then all of the students see it, and they put uh, Shaggy, Scooby, and Madeline make it in safely gate is closed and then one of the students takes a picture of the griffin that picture transitioned into that picture again but in a newspaper being held by an angry parent that is taking their kid home and basically everyone leaves the school except for um the staff the gang and madeline not for lack of trying from shaggy and scooby Mm -hmm. uh and then curdles shows up and he wants the castle because he was outbid by merlin and he brings a bunch of ice cream cones with him. And Merlin refuses to sell. Velma wants to know uh, Curdle's deal. And he's like, I just want to turn this into the first of many restaurants that sell my vegetable and variety meat flavored ice cream cones. Why does variety meat make it so much worse? <laughs> Spare parts variety meat. Uh, Fred points out that the griffin would just scare all of the customers for that too he freezes uh and doesn't really have much of a response he goes to leave shaggy and scooby have eaten all of his ice cream and then he's just gone uh the gang is like all right let's uh let's take some magic classes then music montage we get a montage set to like a love song i guess uh and they do magic tricks and shaggy does a smoke bomb stunt that i put a gif of miss ruffle buns is a Good sport, until she gets blown up. Let me just copy the link to this gif so I can post it here for both, for everyone involved. Uh, my favorite part of this whole montage is that uh, the the housekeeper is holding up signs to announce what all of the lectures are. <laughs> and then at one point she gets exploded and the sign changes to say, ouch. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> and then she's just not there anymore. Yeah, the scene where uh, Shaggy is doing this cool flip and throwing smoke bombs all over the place is definitely only in this movie because someone wanted to animate it. I can respect that. It's well animated, for sure. Uh, so after the montage is over, Velma's just walking around in a dark area and sees an Iron Maiden with fake spikes because that's how that trick works, I guess. Um... We hear ballet music and we see Daphne dancing in an abandoned room of some kind. Uh, she like twists her ankle or something in the middle of it. Oh, God. she's trying to get better at not being clumsy. Oh, that was that looked really painful. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it looked like it was going really, really well until she got distracted. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Vilma calls Madeline a nerd for all of the reasons that Vilma is also a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny. It's very sibling energy to me. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And they keep talking about how different they are, and everybody else just keeps giving them the look like, "Uh uh-huh, whatever you say, sweetheart. Yeah, it's so funny. You two sure are different. Uh, Daphne tries to lift a weight, it gets stuck, and then it breaks, and it reveals a secret door. Mm -hmm. So they investigate. Uh, It looks like a bunch of old stuff, but Velma finds a fairly new photo album with someone who looks like Alma in it. And apparently she worked here from before Merlin even won the auction. And there's also photos of her dating Curdles. Honestly, they're very sweet photos. I don't understand why he looks like an ice cream salesman from like the 1910s but okay because he's old you see and also an elf (laughs) he's got pointed ears yeah yeah he had pointy ears yeah to lead into that red herring uh aesthetic yeah all elves are villains we know this about (laughs) scooby-doo the they're really cute photos and i don't know why when they're just like macking it's like oh god gross no why it's because they're like young adults and they're having that like oh no old people mouth even though they were younger at the time yeah i don't know it's because it's a movie for kids is why (laughs) it's a movie for dumb babies yeah uh, so Shaggy and Scooby are walking with snacks in the hallway, and then there's a bunch of growling, and then there's like a shadow griffin shape behind them in the hallway, and it chases them, and they get cornered, and then it turns out to be the lion and just some birds hanging out on top of it that wanted the sausages that Scooby had. Just a gaggle of cockatoos. Animal patrol. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still get spooked by the lion doing a big roar, uh, and they end up- Because the lion doing a big roar. Yeah. They end up in a room full of spooky puppets, uh, but aren't scared for too long about it. Uh, Alma is also there, and she's mad because, oh, yo, you're not allowed in here. No one's allowed in here. Um, and then Shaggy and Scooby knock over some bottles of glycerol and act- activate a hologram disco projector. <laughs> this was absurd, and I loved it. I, I like that before we got the formal explanation of what this was, I just went, oh, is this where they hold the school dances? <laughs> Uh, this Crystal is a big event uh, space of vibe. Yeah, except like it has all of like the weird Dexter's Lab computers going on. Yeah. Oh, that's what Marlin reminds me of. It reminds me of that Dexter's Lab episode with the with the piano guy. He kind of oh looks like God, Dexter's yeah. dad, too. When your music meets my science, they're the greatest of the giants. <laughs> you have an arpeggio. I'm never going to use this again, am I? Nope. Pump a dump a dump. When you take the math, you know, mixed with do, re, mi, fa, so. Et cetera, et cetera. Anyways, yeah, Crystal comes in, turns it off. Marlin walks in and is with the rest of the gang and is like, oh yeah, this is my lab where I make like props and tools for all the staff and students. Um, And then Merlin shows up and is like, oh yeah, Marlin's my brother, by the way. Uh, <laughs> he, uh... He has the hologram thing. It can only hologram up small things. And so Shaggy and Scooby are like, oh, do you think the griffin could be a hologram? But the griffin has been knocking over trees, so probably not. And is also not a small thing. This is true. 
Um, Alma is grumpy about the school being about illusions and not real O'Flannery magic. So Alma's just a witch, right? Uh, okay, it's wild that she says this when we learn something about the, quote, O'Flannery magic later. Um, Mads shows up and is like, hey, Shaggy, I found the magic staff. And drags him away. And then so all of the gang goes over to the book that she's looking at. She's got this picture of the staff in it. Uh, the staff was apparently left in the tomb out in the middle of the lake. Amos shows up and is like, hey, don't do it. There's a banshee out there. <laughs> apparently uh, the, the, the banshee came with the whole property or something like that. Because yeah. that's what banshees so do. Banshee. I just find it funny that the banshee is the first. This is the first time the banshee is getting mentioned at any point. Yeah. And what are we, Banshee, like, halfway through the movie? Banshee's pretty uh, unnecessary overall. Yeah, it's just another thing to chase them. Yeah. It could have easily just also been the griffin. Yeah, in both cases it shows up. I do like her design, Oh, oh yeah, she's really pretty. Like, I, I mean that in the sense of the animation for her hair reminds me of Eris from Sinbad. I made the same joke when we first saw yeah. her. Oh, see, I yeah, because it's my all note. floaty and smoky. Yeah. I wrote down in my notes that she was Megara from Hercules. Yeah, friends, uh, so is my joke. <laughs> um, Inside the you, there are two wolves. <laughs> Megara and yes. Eris. Perfect. Um, the one thing we wouldn't have gotten, though, is that awesome shot of her after they get across the lake, her just being pissed off and sinking into the yeah. lake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was fun. So the gang and Madeline head out anyways. Uh, they take a small rowboat from the dock. They arrive on the island. And then when they walk away, the banshee comes out of the lake and floats behind them. Daphne does a cool flip to get over a thorn bush. And Fred's like, all right, cool. I'm going to walk through this thorn bush and then fall in a pit. <laughs> I wanted to mention that the music in this sequence, it's very good. It's very nice and mm. tense. Yeah. Um, I do like that Fred says, I guess we all have our danger prone days. Um, that's like <laughs> a fun twist on like the danger prone Daphne mm -hmm. like gimmick. I agree. Um, overall fun. Um, the pit has a bunch of stuff that looks like the temple thing from before, just so people know what it looks like down there. Uh, the gang's all in the bottom, they solve a Skyrim puzzle, and then it makes a noise. Yeah, it's all I, weirdly Legend of Zelda things. This is the this is an awesome dungeon and subsequent boss yeah. fight. Yeah, uh Shaggy accidentally pushes something over and that opens the door, which then closes behind them. Uh, and they find a tomb with the O'Flannery crest on it, and inside is O'Flannery's skeleton holding the staff. I looked this up. Ew. Apparently skeletons would have decomposed by a hundred years. I, I tried to figure out if there yeah. was a difference between a regular coffin and a tomb, but I don't. I couldn't figure out the right search terms. Because I didn't care that much. Well, it would be less exposed to the elements. Yeah, is like the main thing. I still think wouldn't be covered. Two hundred years, that skeleton um would have disintegrated at the very should, least. As soon as they should not yeah, be doing. As soon as they picked up the staff, it would have just like went into a puff of smoke, comically, like a cartoon does. 
Yeah, the Jeepers that's... Gang, that's an actual corpse. <laughs> that's sort of like a... It would have made that noise like when you're out of breath and just goes... <laughs> you know. I think that would have been that's funnier the than the hand joke, even though I really appreciated the hand joke. Yeah. Because, um, <laughs> thanks for giving me a hand, Shanky says, and Scooby points out that the skeleton hand is still wrapped around the staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, Madeline made Shaggy take it. Yeah. Because he's, uh, the brave hero. Um, Shaggy Rogers, bravest of heroes. The Banshee then appears behind them and spooks Shaggy, who drops the staff. The gang isn't actually scared, though, until the Banshee starts screaming and chasing them. Yeah, she she literally does the library ghost from the Ghostbusters thing. Mm. She does. Uh, Fred, she has a monster face. Fred reveals himself as a monster fricker. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as they're running away, Madeline, Shaggy, and Scoopy all head back for the staff. All the others go to set up the boat. And they run back, chased by the Banshee, and Shaggy is running away such that his legs turn into a boat motor. Uh, and when they get back to the mainland, the Banshee just sort of melts like acid into the water again. Like she's bound to the lake. Yeah, that's what I got. That's the impression I got. She's bound to the lake and she's mad about <laughs> she's it. She's bound to the lake until she's not bound to the lake anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, but there's a reason. Yeah, the the gang decides to head back to the castle to analyze the staff. And then Mads... And Shaggy have a confession scene, which was cute. It was cute. I approve. There's another car chase. Uh, yeah, the Griffin shows up and chases them in the mystery machine. Uh, Shaggy shakes the staff at the Griffin, but it doesn't do anything. Madeline hands them a box full of glitter bomb explosives, and they just throw them at the Griffin. Uh, and then they get there and run inside but then shaggy runs into the groundskeeper and gets the staff mixed up with the pitchfork so then madeline runs back outside to grab it and then gets taken by the griffin and the staff is left behind legend of zelda wind waker joke <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, if you told me that shaggy could put a pair on his head to control birds i'd believe it <laughs> um anyways uh amos is like Hey, Curdles, uh, a girl got taken by a griffin. Ha ha ha. Uh, Fred starts loading a backpack up with magical tools, and they plan to go check out that tower called the Griffin's Roost. Marlin warns them that it could be unstable, and then Shaggy shows up in a full suit of armor holding the staff. Merlin isn't prepared to stop them, and is just like, yeah, I'm gonna give up the school. And then Curdles is like, oh, you're going to give up the school, huh? I'm here with this contract. How did you get in? The door. <laughs> it's one of the things I like about this movie. It's like, obvious question, obvious answer. How did you know how to turn that off? That button said off. Yeah. Throughout this entire movie, Daphne is very jealous of Fred having like a crush on Crystal, and I don't like it much. It's that classic will-they-won't-they they kind of situation that Fred and Daphne have every single movie for all of time. Mm-hmm. And I, at this point, I'm just kind of resigned to it happening, but it's it's not fun in this movie. I do like the the fun twist that happens at the end during the, uh, the magician sequence that we'll talk about. Yeah, that one was alright. Um, so... 
uh apparently like the the body language that the body language that alma and curdles are giving each other makes it seem like they had a rough breakup <laughs> um and then merlin's ready to sign but the gang's like hey like wait an hour so we can try to solve this mystery first it's kind of what we do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh so they head into the tower the banshee follows them and screams at shaggy and scooby who tumble into some stuff and the banshee glitches out because Scooby apparently tripped on a wire, which is attached to a projector. Uh, but before and we and this can... just gave you go ahead. This just gave me Scooby Doo two thousand two vibes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It'd be more scary if there wasn't a hologram projector over there and there and, and over there. There. <laughs> um. Before we can talk about this uh, projector. Uh, Scooby hears Madeline screaming, uh, so they run up the tower. Um, and there is a it's the the, the the stairs that they climb up are just wooden pegs in the wall, and I could never trust those ever in my life. No. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No. Oh. No. 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 Especially going up that high. And apparently, it's two hundred years old. Uh, no. Especially considering that at one point Daphne um, almost falls to her death. Yeah, it like slides down and like wiggles and she almost falls and then Fred catches her and then after that happens, uh, the griffin starts attacking through the walls. As you do. Mm-hmm. Now it's a tower Zelda boss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they, Phase two. They get to the top and then they have to cross a busted up wooden bridge to get to the door. But then the griffin comes in to stop them. Uh, Shaggy walks up with the staff and is like, you shall not pass. Like, you shall not pass, man! Uh, and the griffin, like, stops for a second, but then just bites the staff and throws him across the bridge. Thank god he was wearing that armor. Mm -hmm. Uh, the rest of the gang start throwing more magician explosives. Scooby does a slow-mo dive to save the bag as it gets knocked away, uh, and the bridge starts collapsing. He makes it to the other side, the gang retreats, and the griffin falls down into the big hole. The bridge was over. So Shaggy and Scooby are on the other side. Scooby's wearing the backpack, and I love that look on Scooby. Yes. Let Scooby wear a backpack <laughs> all the time. Let him keep his applesauce in there. <laughs> um, so Fred, Velma, and Daphne all leave to go get help, and then the griffin comes back, and also Madeline's screaming again. So Scooby pushes Shaggy into saving her. Uh, there's a wild-looking lock on the door, uh, and then Shaggy's like, oh, wait a minute. Er, Scooby points at the staff, and Shaggy's like, oh, yeah, good idea. And he just twists the top, and it opens up to fit the lock. Yeah. I really wish that it had opened up <laughs> earlier, so that way it could be like, oh, wait a minute, hold on. Yeah. Type of thing. Obnoxious Maybe... puzzle requires obnoxious answer. Yeah, there could have been a scene earlier on when they were talking about the staff of of them just kind of like playing with it mm-hmm. and that would have been revealed but no it's just there it's yep. fine uh but so the door lets them in and then immediately the doorway around it crumbles um and then as they walk in madeline sees shaggy and we get like a dreamy shot of shaggy taking off his helmet <laughs> uh the griffin makes and its now way I'm getting shrek vibes yes yeah. yes it's so shrek yeah definitely uh, the griffin makes its way in after them, and Scooby runs, rummages around in the bag for something to help them escape. 
and they find one of those ropes of scarves, you know, the ones, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and they go out the window with it. And as they descend, the griffin just takes the rope and drags them through the sky. Uh, Merlin is about to sign the contract when Fred, Velma, and Daphne bust in and drag everyone outside. Uh, the griffin is still dragging everyone around through the air. Madeline says that Shaggy needs to use the staff again. And he's just like, dude, it's a total fake. It's not worked any time that I've tried this. Um, but he gives it one more shot. He's like, I command you by the power of Houdini, the Wizard of Oz, uh, and the uh, the wizard book we don't talk about anymore to let us down. And then he just like chucks the staff past the griffin's head. Like he's going to try to beam <laughs> it with it, but miss. <laughs> Um, well, it's pointy enough. Maybe you could javelin with it. Yeah, but he does like a more of like a spinning throw with it. Uh, and then the griffin starts to lose altitude, so they all just sort of let go when it gets low enough as the griffin just bites the dirt. Um, it gives one last dramatic screech before just falling over, and we hear some squeaky metal coming from inside its joints. Uh, Velma reveals that it's on puppet strings, and as they follow the lines up to the top of the castle... Surrounded by fog. Uh, the fog clears and it reveals a crashed blimp. And then the blimp falls off and crashes again on the ground. Oh no, the dirigible. Uh, and they clear the wreckage to reveal... Marlin! Uh, he wanted to scare everyone away. And the blimp was disguised by a fog made with the glycerol from the lab. And the griffin was also an animatronic in addition to being a puppet. And the banshee was uh, an illusion with illusion of cameras. Uh huh. I I it also woke up at some times apparently. He says, "Yeah." I kind of called the banshee was an illusion when I saw the sparkles coming from it. Yeah, Yeah, it like fully glitched out that second time it showed up. Yeah, the first time with the lake was pretty seamless. It was the second time in the castle in the tower. That it became very clear that it was uh, just an illusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the thing I want to talk about here is how the griffin roost was already rigged with uh, a lot of the contraptions that we saw inside <laughs> uh, to make people think there was a monster. <laughs> yeah. Which gave him the idea. Um, which sort of makes uh, almost saying about like, oh yeah, the, the O'Flannery way of real magic. <laughs> Is Okay, I think what it means is that uh, she's one of those people that complains about CGI in movies and wants everybody to use practical effects. <laughs> That's that real Lucasfilm magic, Alma says. <laughs> Han shot first. Um, but yeah, so... He was jealous that Merlin got all of the credit while he did so much work and wanted to make people see what his kind of magic act would be like. Um, But he needed money to start the act, which he could only get by making his brother sell the castle? This guy is... This is the worst plan in existence. Do you not get paid for working at the castle? Like... Does your brother not pay you? He almost died! He could have died from that blimp crash. Yeah. Uh, uh, the thing that gets me is that this isn't an issue. Talk to your brother. You guys could, ha- could have the greatest magic act in existence. 
Yeah, like, his brother clearly cares for him a lot. Yeah! Like, they don't have a bad brotherly relationship, and it's not even, like, a full-on, like, oh, I'm jealous of you, like, evilly. It's more like a, no, I just wanted to, like, make my own thing. Yeah, it's like, come on, man. Just talk to your brother. It's obviously not a big deal based off of the end of this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. He bought a castle. He can probably lend you some money. <laughs> or at the very least pay you for working at the castle. <laughs> you know, uh, it's kind of the flimsiest motivation we have, but on the other hand, no, it's I not. really like this movie anyway. It's yeah. actually not the flimsiest motivation for the castle um, being a desirable thing. Which we find out in a few moments. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Velma points out that Amos knew the whole time and revealed the plan to Curdles, uh, and that the restaurant plan that Curdles said was complete nonsense, and that he just wanted to buy the castle for Alma because he used to run an ice cream stand outside, met Alma, and fell in love. Uh, he left because he didn't think he was worthy of her. And then they smooch. <laughs> and then he's like, Merlin, I'll pay you twice the cost of the castle if you'll let me buy the castle. <laughs> Right now. So I can... <laughs> you, you can cut this if you want. So I can bone this hot housekeeper. <laughs> it's such a weird plot. Like, what a weird turn of events. Uh, Marlin begs Merlin to not sell after all, and then he doesn't, and then Madeline gets taken into the role of apprentice. And uh, then cut to the ending sequence where we see... It's a little bit in the future, sometime. It's a magic show. Yeah, Curdles is sponsoring a show being put on by the Merlin brothers and their students. Uh, Daphne is also on stage as Madeline's assistant. Uh, and this is like the thing where it's like... Uh, uh, over the course of the movie, every time Crystal was up on stage being an assistant, Fred would do like a, like a cheering or like a, a wolf howl or whatever. <laughs> Madeline is a Zatanna. Um, but this time, uh, when Daphne is revealed to be on stage in the assistant outfit, he's got, like, the full-on, like, Gape. jaw completely dropped. Yeah. An another centimeter or so, and he'd look possessed. <laughs> Here's a gif of Fred going, oh, woo. For everybody <laughs> in the chat. <laughs> a woo.mp4. It is called a woo.gif, by the way. Just so you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, then afterwards Madeline's like, oh, hey, Shaggy, and they hug backstage, and Shaggy's like, hey, have you seen Scooby? Scooby's out there doing stuff with the lion, but it turns out to just be a puppet Scooby being uh, maneuvered by a real Scooby up in the rafters. scooby doo doo uh, scooby abracadabra do. Ah, uh, yes. So there is a post credit sequence. Oh. Uh, a title it's, oh. it's pointless and bad. Oh, there um, is. Uh, the, because the post credits. <laughs> we is, stop at the credits. The post credits is after everything is ended, like completely at the end of the thing. After it shows like the Warner Brothers logo and everything, oh. uh, it just shows the Mystery Machine sitting outside of the wherever they're having this show at, and the GPS is just like, "Oh, you're still watching this? Move on with your life. I need oil." Or whatever. It's like really bad and not even at all kind of funny. You huh. might as well have just not put it on. I'm glad I missed it. Yeah, yeah. the 
There are two funny jokes with that GPS. The first of which is, please turn, make a U-turn at the skunk. And the second is uh, when everybody piles in while they're being chased by the griffin and it goes, what are you waiting for? Just drive. <laughs> See, my favorite is the, oh, you're just going to leave me out here? Like, it's not a good bit, but it has funny bits. I'm just so curious of why they decided to make a living GPS. Uh, they needed to extend the runtime. Oh, okay. Maybe. Because it was like, wasn't it referenced in the, um, The Legend of the Phantasaur? Um. If it was, I feel like it was. I feel like I had to talk about it during that one. It was definitely not this, um, voice actor. I don't think. (laughs) I don't think it talked in that movie. I think they just referenced it talking or something like that. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so that's the movie. Um, how people feel. It's not bad. Aside aside from the rather lackluster motivations, it was really fun. Yeah, I'd, I, I really like this movie, even if only from a visual standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks really, really good. Yeah, I really like the movies that took this style. Um, you know, it was like a lot of the ones after this point have this style. Um, but it's just, it's very appealing to me. Um, that sort of blend that they were talking about. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a good movie overall. I liked, I I almost wish they didn't show the projector thing until Velma was explaining it. Yeah. I would have like preferred it all being mostly like, oh yeah, this is just like some supernatural stuff happening until the very end. Mm, um, right. Because like, you could have kept the glitch animation there too and like let yeah. people sort of figure it out that way. And then um, just not find the camera. Yeah, you can you can skip the camera part or like have them find the wire and go to follow it, but then have uh, Madeline scream then so they don't mm-hmm. see the projector. Or the griffin do another grabby thing. Something, yeah. yeah. Um, but overall, it's it's a pretty good movie, considering. Yeah, I, I did thoroughly enjoy it. I also like how the griffin was a lot more physical than some of the large monsters can be. Mm-hmm. Does oh, that yeah. make sense? It did a lot of like pushing through things and knocking stuff over. Um, and it stole someone. Yeah, It did steal someone. It felt like a genuine threat that I did not know how they were going to work it out because it it was too fluid for a robot and i feel like a puppet but that's that's scooby-doo well, it's yeah. like a combination puppet animatronic mm-hmm. uh made by some sort of tech genius is yeah. that's true like have you seen what some of those disney animatronics can do that's true and if the school ever fails uh marlin has a future career as an imagineer <laughs> Um, yeah. Or making a pizza restaurant. <laughs> it's rat pizza. Sorry, we were talking about Muppets earlier. I didn't get a chance to mention rat pizza. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't think Rizzo is anywhere near my favorite Muppet, but I do love its rat pizza a lot. My love for Rizzo is entirely because he is a satellite for Gonzo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the city's top-rated pizza. Um, okay. Uh, so we've got our list here. I see you've already done the math for me, Lava. Thank yes. you. Uh, How would you say this movie compares to Scooby-Doo, Pirates Ahoy? 
I haven't watched Pirates Ahoy in a hot minute, but I do. I remember it a lot. And I like Madeline more than I like Fred's parents. <laughs> I agree. I like Madeline a lot, and I wish mm-hmm. we got to see more Madeline in the future. Yeah, same. Um, how about compared to Scooby-Doo Legend of the Phantasaur? This is the one where Shaggy fights a bar full of bikers and also there's a ghost dinosaur. There's two <laughs> separate ghost dinosaurs. So would you say that Shaggy fights a bar full of bikers is more impressive or Shaggy wears plate mail and fights Griffin is more impressive? I like that they didn't have to make Shaggy uh, be hypnotized to do the second one. Yeah, I agree. I think I like all of the characterization we see in this movie, and at the very least, if I don't like it, it's par for the course kind of thing, you know? Right, exactly. Hey, you know what? I just realized something about the Griffin. It's not a, uh, it's not a Zelda boss. This is Dark Shags. No. Yeah, okay, hold on, let me... Dark Scoob. (laughs) Wait, I I don't understand the reference. It's a Dark Souls reference. Oh, Okay. Because I was going to say, don't they have a puppet in Legend of Zelda somewhere that is a boss? Isn't that a thing? You might I, it wouldn't shock me. I wouldn't be surprised. You might be thinking of Majora, though. I want to say it's in the cartoony one. Um, Wind Waker? Maybe. But just something about the way this the Griffin fight went, reminds me very much of, like, Soulsborne game bosses. Puppet Ganon. I wanted to say, and I completely forgot what it was. It's just straight ah. up Puppet Ganon. Mm, I was right. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I do not know how I remembered that. It's been a long time since I watched a video on Wind Waker. Um, okay, I couldn't find a Dark Souls mod of Scooby-Doo, but I did find a mod that replaces the main character of Sekiro Shadows Die Twice with Shaggy Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> He's using only 3% of his power. Zoinks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the They re- also replaced the intro with the part from Cyber Chase where they get zapped by the computer laser. <laughs> <laughs> So that way it explains why Shaggy's here. <laughs> he got laser zapped into the video game. <laughs> Alright, uh, okay, so how does this... We said better than the Phantasaur then, huh? I think so. Yeah. Alright, how does this movie compare to Chill Out Scooby-Doo featuring Del Chillman? Oh, but I really mm. like Del Chillman. Del Chillman. I think Del Chillman and Madeline Dinkley are, like, comparable characters. They I think are. they're on the same level. They, they are. You know what? They're both in that sense of, man, I really want to see more of this character, and we got to see more Del Chillman. Oh, he did get to see more <laughs> Del Chillman. Shout out to so Del does this, Chillman. <laughs> so does the, does the scarcity of Madeline make her more valuable? Um, oh. okay. Here's my thing, is that I don't think that uh this movie is top five material i agree unfortunately all right or if it is it is literally number five just above chill out um so i guess that's how we need to decide i, I um, like chill out more, i though. i do like chill out a bit more okay yeah. because of the remoteness <laughs> i'm outvoted on this one all right how is this movie compared to scooby-doo and kiss rock and roll mystery I'm sorry, I can't, I can't let, no, it's gotta be worse, because Rock and Roll Mystery. 
<laughs> yeah, does this movie doesn't have any Sailor Moon transformations. Ergo, it is inferior. Okay. Um, but what if it had a new Tana reference where Shaggy pulled the staff out of Scooby's heart or whatever? <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, uh, how does it compare to Daphne and Velma, then? Oh, Daphne and Velma has more fun dialogue. I like the dad a lot in Daphne and Velma. Yeah. yeah I mean, I like, yeah, know. it seems like everybody agrees that it's, uh, so I, I will abstain. I, I think I might like it a bit more than Daphne and Velma, personally. But uh, So I love how we went from trying to see if it was better than Chill Out Scooby-Doo to making it worse than everything else that was below Chill Out Scooby-Doo. <laughs> So that's just how this <laughs> ranking system works sometimes. Some of these um, movies, it's like, it's similar to how Cyber Chase was like number one for a million years. Mm-hmm. Even though... Yeah, it, it just, nothing got a chance to compete with it because the things that were below it were better. Yeah. I think once we're done, we are going to have to just go in and say like, alright, is there is there anything we feel like we need to change? Yeah, I agree. Or maybe, maybe start from what, scratch or what something. What needs to fix? I I will do the entire podcast over again. Yeah, the the whole thing is I'm gonna have to if we try to do from scratch, I'm going to have to rewatch most of these movies because I do not I mean, remember anything. I could probably tell you a brief description of everything that happens in any of these movies at this point. Yeah, that's true. Because I have to listen to us talk about them okay, and so... also take notes and all that. <laughs> so the Boo Brothers. That's true. So the Boo Brothers is going to be the top, right? Uh... Ooh, uh, no, I think Boo Brothers is exactly where it needs to be. Yeah. <laughs> somehow scooby goes to hollywood breaks the top 10 and it's it's all downhill from there i just really lean hard into ruby doo guy being good actually or whatever <laughs> Alrighty. all right i mean it's time for me to read that list but first i am going to drink some water yeah <laughs> uh, my falafel is almost here huzzah <laughs> Give me those chickpeas. Okay, here we go. Monster of Mexico. Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf. Scooby-Doo meets the Boo Brothers. Return to Zombie Island. Scooby goes Hollywood. Scooby-Doo in Arabian Nights. Samurai Sword. Franken-Creepy. Alien Invaders. Loch Ness Monster. Legend of the Vampire. Aloha, Scooby-Doo. WrestleMania Mystery. Zombie Island. Music of the Vampire. Scooby-Doo 2002. Mask of the Blue Falcon, Pirates Ahoy, Big Top, Scooby-Doo, Stage Fright, Moon Monster Madness, Ghoul School, Sonic the Hedgehog 2020, Scooby-Doo, The Mystery Begins, Pokemon, Detective Pikachu, Cyber Chase, Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, Legend of the Phantasaur, Abracadabra-Doo, Daphne and Velma, Rock and Roll Mystery, Where's My Mummy, Chill Out, Scooby-Doo, Scoob, Goblin King, Witch's Ghost, Camp Scare. I still love love Goblin King and how unexpectedly good it ended up being. Goblin King was good. I am keeping my opinions to myself. (laughs) Wow, okay. I see how it is. That's okay. A lot of people wouldn't agree with where we've put, like, um, Zombie Island. Yeah, Zombie Island's the one that I'm like, if I've ever, once I'm done with this podcast and I post this online, everybody's gonna hate that we put it there. Yeah. 
And I'm going to be like, uh, did you watch every single Scooby-Doo movie and talk about them? I, I think so. not. <laughs> Come at me in four years when you've done the work. <laughs> <sighs> Alrighty then. I can explain my feelings at another time. Okay. I believe you. That you will do that. Oh, <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, go ahead and plug your stuff while I pull up stuff. So, if you liked listening to Tess and I submit intermittent commentary on this very good Scooby-Doo movie, and you want to hear this exact format, but applied to uh, Italian magical girl series Winx Club and its Netflix spinoff, Fake the Winx Saga, you can head on over to at MagicWinxPod on Twitter. Uh, that is where we post all of our, you know, our upcoming episodes. Uh, we are currently doing our special break between seasons one and two to review the Netflix series. Uh, episode two will be coming out in the next two weeks or so, depending on how uh, editing goes. Uh, we have also finished all of season one, and we did a special episode on the Dutch stage show from 2006, which was a good time. That music is way better than it had any right to be. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to follow me personally, where mostly I just make out-of-context posts about my tabletop RPG, uh, you can follow me at Sonata Waves, S-O-N-A-T-A-W-A, V as in victory, E-S. And if you want to follow me, Tess, on Twitter, you can find me at Pocky Slice. That is Pocky, like the delicious Japanese snack. Slice, as in a slice of extra cheesy cheese pizza. <laughs> or a slice of pickle. That was pickle slice, too. I would freak. I want some pickles now. <laughs> okay, real talk, because I, I joked about putting peanut butter on that cheese pizza. I, I did once make a pizza that had, it was a cheese pizza. I had to substitute some um, parts. I should say up front. I had to do a tortilla pizza um, okay. with using like a quote Tex-Mex cheese blend instead of like actual good cheese for this. Um, so I did that. <laughs> it, had, it did have pizza sauce though. Um, and then I put on um, pickles and peanut butter yeah. and hot sauce. And that was fine. That sounds like a one-way ticket to heartburn, but you do you. It was fine. I mean, it sounds good, but, like, pickles and hot sauce. The The real problem was that uh, you couldn't taste the pickle too much. Aww. And the peanut butter made the hot sauce stick to all of the parts of your mouth. Oh, oh no. Ooh. Huh. Uh, so would you like to plug anything that either of you are not involved with? I can't think of anything. Um... Actually, yes, I'm going to plug that YouTube channel that I mentioned at the top of the show because <laughs> it's honestly really fascinating and more people need to watch uh, it. It's uh, just at, at um, just search Ask a Mortician on YouTube and follow Caitlin because she's really informative and very funny, honestly, about topics that we need to laugh a little bit more about and not take so seriously in this country. We're afraid of death and we... Shouldn't be afraid of something that happens to all of us. I don't know. I'm still very afraid of taxes. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's that's genuinely terrifying. <laughs> that's a horror movie. People can understand death. <laughs> no one understands taxes. Yeah, you don't have to fill out a form uh, to 
die. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the only thing I can think of right now is the Pokemon Crystal Clear Project, which is a fan mod of um, Pokemon Crystal, which just opens up the entire Kanto and Johto region at once, so you can fight any gym in any order. Uh, Pokemon Crystal Clear. That's fun. Pokemon Crystal Clear rules. You yeah. can put in your own trainer sprites. It's great. Yeah. You could be non-binary. Yeah. It's also true. You get to choose whatever backpack. This is you why want. I'm. This is why I'm trying to get a freaking uh, Game Boy Flash card so I can actually play it on my Game Boy Color. Yeah. Uh, I, through reasons, have it on my Nintendo 3DS now. Ooh. Oh, I have mine on my DS. Through reasons. <laughs> I have a whooper that knows Ice Punch because I hacked it into the video game. Nice. <laughs> Alright. All right, uh, let's do our plugs now. So if you like the show, you can follow us on Twitter at Kids and Their Dog. Or uh, you cannot give us money right now because the pandemic's still happening. So please don't, unless you absolutely think you can. I'm not even going to tell you where to find it, because I really don't believe you should. Hmm. Um, but some people are doing it anyway, so we're going to do some shout-outs real quick. Shout-outs to Charlie. Thank, thank you, Charlie. Charlie. Yay. James. Thank you, James. Thanks, James. Woohoo. Tess. Thank you, Tess. Thank you, Tess. You're welcome. <laughs> and Tanner. Thank you, Tanner. Thank you, Tanner. Uh, Lava, where can you be found on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at LavaBees, L-A-V-A-B-E-E-S. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at MadLobotanist. That's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T. And you can find all of the podcasts that I do or that I've guested on over at MadLobotanist.NeoCities.org, which is my Twitter handle, .NeoCities.org. Um, I think that is everything that I need to say out loud. Next month, we are watching the uh, the last of the available live-action movies to us currently, which is Curse of the Lake Monster, with a special hmm. guest. Um, but we'll take care of that next month. Um, oh, that's a good one. Oh, that was... I, I like that one. Oh, good. Exciting. Good. Lesbian icon oh, Haley Kyoko is back. Ah! Uh, um, yes. Until next month, they would have gotten away with it too. If it weren't for us meddling kids. And their dog. Bye! <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of it! No, I gotcha, I gotcha there. Like to wake up in the morning light. Like to go out when the sun is bright Spend the day just playing in the park But something happens when the sun goes down and it gets dark Mission completion at 75.5%.